Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian, now what? Where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Christine Palumbo. She's a registered dietitian who has a passion for serving and helping others, especially other dietitians, to help them develop and advance their careers. Christine has an interesting start into the field and really has pioneered her way into outstanding opportunities in clinical dietetics, being an entrepreneur who is passionate about corporate wellness, speaking, volunteering for her district, state, and national dietetic academies, and being a mentor to future dietitians. She has done some amazing media work for our profession in television, print, and online, including being on a panel with the late Dr. Adkins and a guest on the Oprah Winfrey Show. Please enjoy my conversation with Christine. through my production company that introduced us and he was a huge fan of meeting you and said you've got to do a podcast with Christine so I'm excited to have you and I you know can't wait to learn about your career so far I feel like it's never going to be over because you've had such a great time with your career and you're doing such great things so maybe let's let's yeah let's start let's go let's go back let's go back to when you kind of started to get being a dietitian on your radar or when did you make that decision to kind of hop into the dietetics field I had no intention of becoming a registered dietitian because I had never heard of the field frankly Um, I intended to be a medical technologist like my aunt and so I started out uh, as a biology major and was going to major in med tech and then about halfway uh, into my sophomore year in college, I switched gears. And to be honest, the reason why was that there was a, a really, really tough course that we had to take the next semester and I was scared to death. I didn't think I was going to survive it. And so I was shopping around, if you will, for a new major and new career path. And I um, just happened to meet a fellow uh, dietetics major, or I think it was called Foods and Nutrition, uh, where I went to college, and that was the College of St. Catherine in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's now called St. Catherine University. But I was in line for dinner, and I met this petite um, gal by the name of Debbie, and I asked her what her major was, and she said it was dietetics. And I said, what's that? And she told me a little bit about it, and I thought, hmm, that might be good for me. And there were three things that I recall that stuck out um, uh, with our conversation, is that it was food-based, and that it was uh, working with people, and that it was in the health and or medical field. And all three of those appealed to me. And so changed majors, um, was off to the races, and really have not looked back since. It's been... Uh, really a, a perfect career for me. Um, and I have a saying, I've been saying this for at least five years now to my family, uh, to my close friends and anyone else who 
will listen, and that is that the world revolves around dietitians. And um, part of it is that probably because I'm such a connector of people, uh, and, but but also it has to do with. Uh, I just feel like dietitians, we have each other's backs and we we care for each other. And the relationships that we develop are genuine and we, um, I don't know, we just, we just are, we connect with each other. So I so love that. <laughs> the world revolves around dietitians. Oh, yes. Okay. You love stick, that. You, yeah, I, I hope I hope the listeners um, uh, think about that. I, I'm going to give you an example of, of the latest, and that is, or one of the latest things actually, because there's always more. There's always some, but um, about well, actually, a year ago, I was at uh, a district meeting. So the district that I belong to in the Chicagoland area is the West Suburban Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and there was someone new in town who I had met and I, uh, she introduced me some, to someone who was a, um, a new professor, actually a visiting professor at Northern Illinois University. And um, the woman who I met is much younger than me. Um, and so we met and, you know, that was that. And then I saw her again at the April meeting, April of 2019. And it, we, we discovered that her husband, who is a radiologist, had just left a job in Champaign, Illinois, and they were waiting for the new guy to come in in September of this year, actually uh, just last month, and the new guy is my new son-in-law. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no way. <laughs> And so, and so I, I, you know, there's been a flurry of email and text exchanges between everybody and yeah. And so that is the people who know me well know that this is just normal Christine operating behavior. You know, I just like, I like to, I like to meet people. I like to ask some questions about themselves. I almost always find at least one point of commonality and there are times when it's something that's dramatic, like what I just described. So, and, and, you know, people say to me, like, oh, how do you, you know, how is, you know, how do you do that? Or, you know, why is that? And I, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just like to talk to people and I'm not afraid, you know, I just, I'm just not afraid of um, finding out about people. And it's something that, other members of my family we do it that way so it's, it's kind of a palumbo thing <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like you like to make those like you like to make sincere connections with yes. individuals whether it be finding commonalities or just creating yes. that connection both absolutely you, you hit the nail on the head Anne. yes and you know i think there's so much strength in that because i think if I think if you you weren't a person that led the way on that, we wouldn't have this. The world revolves around dietitians, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I every time I have a conversation from here on out, that's going to be in the back of my head because that's Thank how you. we really should treat our profession. You know, that's having right. that mindset is so that's strong. Right. That's right. I like it. But do you mind me asking what class you were scared of taking in medical terminology? 
Yeah, tech, uh, medical technology. To yeah. be honest, wait, what was it? I, was, I think it was called quantitative analysis. Does that oh. sound right? I think it was it, in which I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was. I, but I, I still remember, you know, coming to tell my mother, you know, and she, she you know, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, uh, all right. And then you went, into, you went into dietetics. So then you're probably like, oh gosh, there's some of these classes aren't any easier. Well, you know, um, you know, the interesting thing is that becoming a dietitian instead of being a med, a med tech working in a hospital laboratory, which is what I thought I was going to do, um, you know, I never would have had the career achievements and the visibility and the, uh, the, the career opportunities that I have had as a registered dietitian nutritionist and member of the academy. So it was a good, a good switch. switch. Well, working in a lab versus working with humans is a way different. (laughs) I can imagine your personality. Your personality is probably way too small for a lab. So (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting. So have you always been, did you grow up in in Minnesota? No, I grew up in uh, a close-in suburb of Chicago by the name of Riverside. And um, actually, Riverside is uh, a very special community. It was designed by Frederick Law Olmsted, the same, I believe, landscape architect. I think that, I forgot what his title was, but he also designed New York City Central Park. And so Riverside has a lot of winding streets and it's, um, it's very small. Um, I decided to attend college in St. Paul, Minnesota. I just, I wanted to get out of the state of Illinois for college. I just wanted to, you know, break free a little bit. And, um, so I, I, I attended college there, did my dietetic traineeship there, worked there for a couple of years. And during, um, about six months after I finished my degree, I was set up on a blind date with someone by the name of Chuck, and we ultimately married and moved to the Chicago area. So, um, so he's, 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 yeah. So he's from he's from the Twin Cities, and people ask him why he moved from Minneapolis to Chicago, and he he tells them tongue in cheek, uh, you know, that he moved here for the weather. And since you're from Iowa, and yeah. there's I know uh, a nice, a long time Iowa, Minnesota rivalry, quote unquote, and you know, uh, Chicago and the whole state of Iowa and the whole state of Minnesota, you can't say that there's um, easy, uh, easy winter weather in any of those no. three states. Ever. So yeah, yeah. So I, you know, so I've really been in the Chicago area for most of my life. And most of my career. And most of your career. So you kind of said you worked a little bit in Minnesota. What mm-hmm. what was your first interest in the dietetics field? Was there something that you felt a pull to or a tug to with what you liked? You know, I really enjoyed um, my clinical work in my traineeship. And that was, um, again, that medical area. I really loved learning about it. And um, I knew that management was not for me. Community was not going to be for me. I also loved teaching classes. So I started out at Mount Sinai in Minneapolis, which has been closed for a number of years. But I worked in cardiology and I also worked in diabetes. As a matter of fact, I helped to 
create a diabetes um, training center, if you will. And so I became very involved in um, in the diabetes world and in cardiology. I enjoyed, uh, back in the day, I really enjoyed teaching classes. And when I was 23 years old, I still remember telling my roommate at the time, again, I was 23, uh, I, I told her that I was going to do television someday, even though I had never done television and had no um, no imminent television opportunities. I knew that um, uh, being a voice for uh, the profession, but also a voice for good health was going to be part of what I was going to do. And that came true. You know, I, I, I always have enjoyed teaching classes, whether it's formal classes or what I've been doing now for a number of years, corporate wellness presentations or speaking to community groups or speaking to healthcare audiences. Uh, I really enjoy that. And doing media, whether it's television, radio, interviews with print publications, and now more common than the others are interviews with online publications, um, uh, publications such as, um, let me think now, like Well and Good, I believe I've been in, and um, ReadersDigest.com and, and um, uh, uh, sites like that. So um, after a while, well, when I got married, moved to Chicago, I uh, got a job in cardiology at the University of Chicago Medical Center, and that was very challenging. Um, we had a variety of, uh, you know, a couple different types of, of patients. Uh, and I worked in cardiology and also cardiac surgery. But we had professors, University of Chicago professors as patients. We had literally princes there. Uh, and then we had uh, people from the neighborhood and um, and then some middle class people kind of in between. So it was a variety of people, and I had a I definitely had to be on my toes sure. uh, working with people. And then um, I'd been working there for a few years, and then uh, decided it was t- time to start my family. So when I had my first baby, I decided to stay home with her. Um, right after I found out I was pregnant with my oldest, I in I started classes to earn my master's degree in business administration. So. When I was pregnant, um, I was in classes at DePaul University to earn my MBA and decided to um, take time off from the paid career after I had had my daughter, primarily because I was busy with the MBA, but then also because my husband, who had just graduated from medical school, he was doing his uh, internship. Actually, I think he, had, he was in his residency at that time, and then his fellowship. And I, um, somebody, he was not, he was never around. Let's just put yeah. it that way. He was never yeah. around, and I wanted to, I wanted some, you know, I wanted some stability. I wanted, I wanted to be there for my daughter. And so ultimately, I had three children and um, stayed out of the paid workforce for eight years. And then someone called me about a full time position, and you know. I surmised very quickly that it was a wrong number, um, <laughs> truly. <laughs> Again, that's kind of like what happens to me. I get, you know, but then she asked me to work for her part-time, and so I did for a few years. But even though I was out of the paid workforce for eight years, I 
have always been active with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, starting at the district level, but then quickly moved up to the state level, the DPG level, and then at the national level. So for those eight years, I had a committee appointment or I had a I had an elected position. Um, I'm going to tell you a funny story. Someone called me. Uh, this is a long time ago. This is 19, like October. Actually, yeah, October of 1986. And I was just walking in the door from my grandfather's funeral. And the phone was ringing. And so I picked up the phone. It was somebody with the Illinois Dietetic Association asked, asking if I would be interested in um, having my name on the ballot for delegate. And at the time, the House of Delegates of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics was structured differently than it is now. There were no, there was no representation from practice group or, you know, retired member under 30. It was all strictly by state. So Illinois had five delegates at the time, and there were two ballot positions on the ballot that was going to come out a few months later. And I found out later that they had three people on the ballot and they literally just needed another name for that fourth position. And I, I and I had to ask her, I said, what's a delegate? I mean, like, I'm, you know, what do I know? And mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I was more or less assured that I didn't have to worry about it because there were two incumbents and a well-known third person, and I was a position filler. I mean, it was, you know, explained to me in, in so many words. So I was at a meeting a few weeks later, or when you know, whenever the ballot was out, voting was taking place. I was on. I was coming back from a meeting. I was on the commuter train, and someone, congr- I saw somebody that I knew, and she congratulated me. And I said, "For what?" And she <laughs> rolls her eyes and she said, uh, "Like basically, like, uh oh, you know, I hadn't been informed that I was elected. So I was elected as a delegate. And at this point, uh, so, so when I took over as um, the delegate elect." I was pregnant with my third baby and I was young. I was young for being a delegate. I was 34 and um, oftentimes, oftentimes, especially back in the day, but even more so now, or even as much now, uh, members of the House of Delegates are people who have risen up the ranks with their various states. Um, They've been president, you know, oftentimes it's very common. And I had done uh, public relations uh, for the Illinois Dietetic Association, done that for a couple of years. So anyway, so that set me off on, um, you know, being a delegate is it's a state elected position, but you are meeting and working with people at the national level. So I became um, acquainted with and friends with people at the national level. And it was very um, educational, very exciting. And, um, you know, I, I definitely contributed to the profession um, during those, uh, I forget now if it was two terms or if it was three terms that I, I served. Uh, I think it was two terms. So, um, and then, so I gradually went back d- doing some consulting. Uh, and uh, it was nice because with the three kids, and again, my husband never being home, I was it in terms of the parents. And mm-hmm. uh, I live in a community where you um, can't really walk uh, many places. You have to be driven. And so I was driving around and um, uh, this is, you know, back in the day before there were mobile phones, or at least at the beginning. Um, but I gradually, um, you know, so I, I became, I, I was, I, I 
after being a delegate, I served in other volunteer capacities, again, sometimes appointed, sometimes elected, got to know a lot of people. And when you get to know people, they refer job opportunities for you and interview opportunities. And so things just built um, gradually. And over the years, people have asked me, like, who's your agent? Or, you know, how do you get all this work? And it's like, you know, I, I just, I mean, the old adage, um, I forget now how it goes, but think, you know, the importance of showing up. And that is one of the things that I've always done. I've shown up. And today, of course, showing up can be literal, you know, being um, in the same room as someone, but showing up can also be via social media. But showing up, getting to know people, having them get to know me. And, um, you know, looking back, I guess I've gravitated towards high visibility positions, but it's never been that my intention. You know, one of, one of the things that drives me, one of my, one of my passions, one of my, um, actually probably my primary passion in life and my purpose in life is to, is to serve others. And again, looking back at the things that I've done, my my motives have always been to to chip in to help out to participate to to work with other people and and oh by the way i'm having fun while i'm doing it which is so important yeah <laughs> you have to have fun you have to enjoy the things that you <laughs> yes Yes. And maybe you can speak a little bit too. I know that a lot of people get intimidated by volunteering for, you know, your academies, your state, your district. And, you know, maybe speak to maybe some of our younger dietitians that don't even know why that's important, where to start. You know, should they do it? Should they make the time for it? What would you say? I would say, and, and this is an old saying, uh, but, you know, that you derive, you get more out of it than you put in it. That's almost always the case. Um, I started out, you know, and sometimes, sometimes it's, it's a question of somebody personally asking you to join a committee or to run for office. Um, sometimes people are able to, you know, like virtually raise their hands and say, I'll do it. The very first time that I was on a committee, I was doing my traineeship and someone that I knew slightly because I was casually dating her brother um, asked me, <laughs> it's not the same guy, different guy. Yeah. The world revolves around dietitians. You remember that? Yes, um, exactly. so, <laughs> so, you know, she asked me to join the membership committee of uh, a district is up in the Twin Cities and I joined it and met some people and had fun. And then when I came to Chicago, I immediately joined the Chicago Dietetic Association and immediately volunteered for the Public Relations Committee. And that, you know, that's how my, you know, the beginning of my career. But um, so I think what you, you know, what, what uh, the advice that I would give to students and young dietitians is to look at your district or look at your state, you know, state affiliate, or look at your DPG. And, you know, look at the committees, look at the, the, the various members of the executive committees or the board of directors and, you know, what areas interest you? Is it legislative and 
legislation and public policy? Is it public relations? Is it social media? You know, what is it that you th you would be interested in doing? So, because it, it, it's hard when you're doing something that you don't enjoy. It's hard if you're doing something that is really, hard, you know, uh, challenging for you. But if you can find an area uh, that you enjoy, it's a pleasure, and you will you'll meet people in the meantime. You'll develop communication skills, leadership skills. Um, you, you'll get to know a lot of people, and especially you know it's those people that you meet when you're young. Those are your lifelong career friends. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, uh, and, and districts and. Um, I mean, districts in particular are uh, struggling uh, in some cases. I, I was at our West Suburban District meeting a week ago, and I was told that of the 10 districts in Illinois, one of them, the Southern District, has had to close because they had a, they had a lack of volunteers. Yeah. And, um, and that's where Southern Illinois University is located. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, it's, it is, it is um, definitely worth your while. And, you know, young people... Well, you know, in a way, uh, our profession has shot itself in the foot a little bit in terms of leadership opportunities because it used to be you had to attend meetings in person in order to get those CEU, CPEU certificates, get those hours. And now you don't have to anymore. You can get uh, continuing education hours in a myriad of ways without leaving your desk, without leaving your home. And um, so... In a way, uh, people are missing out on those valuable opportunities for the leadership de leadership development and um, getting to know people. Well, and like you said earlier, it's kind of been like the offshoot for all the opportunities you've had in your career too. Like meeting these individuals yes. have led to yep. all the things that you've done, and so yes. you're, they're missing out on that as well. That's right. That's very true. So what were, so I, you, let's go back to, so you wanted to be on TV. Not many dietitians are like, <laughs> I want to be on TV or I will be on TV because I think we're a little intimidated by that. So I love, <laughs> I love that you wanted to do that. And how uh, did you, how did you get out there and learn what to do and, you know, be ready for that type of media experience? You know, it was, um, I was 26 uh, I was a new member and on the board of the Chicago Dietetic Association, and all at once, there were, I believe, three media opportunities that came to me. And again, you know, this goes back to what we were talking about a little while ago. You know, like, it, it's not, I mean, it's who you know, but it's also who knows you. Mm -hmm. I must have made an impression. I don't know why, but I made an impression with someone because I get, I got a few phone calls, you know, would you like to be on the radio? Uh, yes. Um, would you like to do um, a television show? Would you like to do another television show? So I did three media interviews when I was 26 in downtown Chicago. I had no media training. I, I mean, because there was, there was no such thing really for dietitians. There was no uh, spokesperson program yet. That didn't, that didn't um, 
come about until I was about 29. And oh, by the way, I was nominated by the president of the Illinois uh, Dietetic Association, and I did not get it. First of many, many, many things that I've applied for that haven't come to fruition. Oh, well, you know, I survived, but, uh, but, you know, but, you know, it's like, yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I did this radio, uh, it was a call-in show, it was downtown, my, I think my husband was uh, working, my father drove me there and Aww. waited, I mean, because, I mean, you know, anyway, I, so it was a two-hour call-in show, and I think it was from 9 until 11, and my aunt called in, and she did not expect to get on get on the air and so she was flustered and asked some question about sodium and I did not even recognize her voice and she, you know she was very flustered and I anyway so I found out that afterwards and then um yeah so again I did a couple of tv interviews and one was uh at the Chicago Board of Trade it was like a tv station that was in that building and so on the top in the topic is very timely. It's an evergreen topic. It was, you know, healthy eating on a budget. So Mm -hmm. it was a passion of mine then. It's still a passion of mine. And, um, so at the, on the top of the screen was me talking, you know, somebody was interviewing me and the bottom of the screen were the, the, um, the hog futures. And (laughs) I mean, yeah. Right. And (laughs) so I got some ribbing about that from a few, the few people who saw it. And then, and then I had, but then let's see. A few years later, yeah, when I was 29, the president, I believe, of the Chicago Dietetic Association called me and asked me if I would be willing to come to our public television station on the north side of Chicago uh, to be on a panel discussion. One of the panelists was going to be a medical doctor, not anybody I knew uh, at the time. Um, the second person on the panel would be Dr. Rob, the late Dr. Robert Atkins of the Atkins oh. Diet Revolution, mm-hmm. and the third person would be me and uh, apparently they had trouble finding someone willing to go on oh, television okay. and I said okay you know, <laughs> yeah, sure, oh, no. I'll do it. <laughs> you know, so I guess you know again you know looking back um, uh, I, I people have told me that I come across as being confident uh, and you know I think in some cases I'm somewhat fearless although I do have fears I mean don't don't get me wrong I have plenty of fears and plenty of irrational fears but <laughs> I don't know it's like all right you know so you know looking back to my philosophy has been okay if somebody thinks that I can do something if somebody thinks that I would be good at something they must be right mm-hmm. and I should say yes and so that has been uh you know, a philosophy that I followed. Um, one time somebody called me and uh, asked if I could uh, do um, analyze some recipes for, I think it was the Illinois Beef Council recipe contest. And at the time, I didn't have any anal- nutrient analysis software. And at the time, you had to um, purchase discs. Remember those? Yes. So I ordered... <laughs> I ordered the discs and they came in and I learned how to do nutrition analysis and completed these for this recipe contest. Wow. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> You're kind of the person who's just open to try. You just are like, why not? Let's just try something yeah. new. It can't yeah. Hurt. yeah. 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 Like, like, yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you like to say yes, which is good. I, 
I guess so. Yeah, I like to say yes. I try. I try to say yes. Although you know, there are. T- I'm definitely a fav- uh, a fan of saying no. There are times when you should say say no. When you're overwhelmed. When you're stressed. When when you when you get that quote gut feeling. When you physically get that punch to the gut, and you don't think you should be doing something. Um, that's when you should listen. You should listen to that gut. You should listen to the little voice. Actually, I'm going to tell you another example. I was actually I was thinking about this earlier today. Someone, I can't remember where this guy found me, but some guy who was a uh, the editor of a nutrition book for the nursing profession. And this was maybe I don't know five, six, seven years ago. He um, wanted me to be the editor of a college textbook, again, for nurses, mm-hmm. and sounded, you know, it sounded intriguing to me, it sounded like, oh, yeah, I'll, you know, I, I'll, I'll try that. <laughs> Sounds like something interesting. And, he, you know, we met in person, we talked on the phone, you know, he warned me it was going to be a lot of work, it's going to take a long time. I would earn some money. I would not get rich off of it. I thought, all right, you know, let's go with this. So then I was at the Food and Nutrition Conference and Expo, FENCI. And I remember telling, um, separately telling two people about this. And one of them was somebody who did not know me very well. And another person knew me maybe a little bit better, but I told them about it, again, separately. Mm-hmm. And each one of them looked at me quizzically and asked, why? Like, like this, no, this is not you, Christine. You, you know, this is, I, I can't see you doing it. And when the second person said it, I realized that that was the truth and that I would be miserable and that I should probably say no. I should probably decline it. And I did. I mean, as soon as I made the decision, I had this huge weight off of my shoulders. I had a, I had such a sense of relief. And he was very, the man was very understanding, very kind. And, um, you know, they must have found somebody else. But uh, I was very grateful to uh, to these two people who knew me well enough and were not afraid to give me their honest input. And I don't think I was even asking for it. I was just telling them, oh, yeah, I'm going to be doing this. And they both said, uh-uh, no. <laughs> so thank goodness. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of a good idea, too. I never mm-hmm. thought of that before, but like if you are thinking about trying something new or a different endeavor, maybe just running it by some colleagues or maybe running it by some friends yes. who know you to see yes. if you're kind of teetering, then maybe you can kind of figure out a little bit more indefinitely what you think is the best decision. Absolutely. You know, sometimes we get so wrapped up in ourselves and in, you know, our own world and having having some trusted colleagues on a one-time basis, uh, perhaps create or join a casual mastermind group. Um, But having almost like a board of directors that you can go to, you know, go to and ask. And, and these could be, you know, and, and I'm a big fan of, 
um, knowing and talking with and working with a variety of generations. I'm a baby boomer. I learned so much, you know, the the reverse mentoring. I learned so much from Gen Xers and Gen um, and millennials. I learned so much from them. From them, and uh, so it's it's nice to um, it's nice to me- mentor younger dietitians. But I also learned so much from them, and. Um, you know, so it's nice, it's nice to have all the, you know, the various generations in the workforce. I would agree with you. I do. I always learn things from people that are older and wiser than me and then people uh-huh. that yeah. are young too. I yeah. It's amazing yeah. how many aha yeah. moments you get during those yes. conversations. Yes. So when you think about your career, what has been, you know, you've done, right? You speak, you do a lot of media and you do mm-hmm. um, obviously tons of presentations. Is there one thing that kind of lights your fire more than the others or has it all been a really good combination and, and mm-hmm. good mix of things that you enjoy? You know, I love a variety. I love mixing things up. And so what has always driven me, what, it, what I, I thrive on is um, having a, a, quote, well-balanced diet of um, different types of projects, short-term, long-term, in-between. Um, although it's, it makes you crazy at times, uh, not crazy, but you know, you like, you're losing, you feel like you're losing your mind at times when you have to switch from task to task. And when you're an entrepreneur, you have to, um, make sure that your clients, each of your clients knows or th- thinks, thinks that they are the most important client of yours. You know, you have to have to do that. So I really enjoy um, doing different things and new challenges. I love I love a new challenge. If I had to pick one type of um, project or you know uh, area of work that I you know is my number one, it's speaking to corporate audiences. I love going to the workplace and speaking about nutrition, wellness, um, various types of wellness topics to educated people who know a lot. And in some cases, they think that they know a lot more than they actually do. (laughs) And to have and, and talk to them about things, teach them things that they didn't know before. Um, because I read constantly, I listen to all sorts of media. Um, I, I like to, you know, um, I, I like to watch the news at night. Uh, you know, I, I learn a lot, you know, plus then there's all of our health and nutrition uh, journals and, you know, various newsletters and online publications. I'm constantly reading, I'm constantly learning, and I love telling people things that makes their mouths, um, their jaws drop. And, you know, we're like, like, really? You know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, if I could think of something right now, but I can't think of anything right now, but, but this happens and I like doing that. So, you know, when I, when I, um, talk with, uh, the HR people or whoever is my contact person um, at a at a company 
or a group, I tell them that, you know, I'm not up there as a talking head. You know, it's it's more of an edutainment type of thing. And, um, you know, I like to do hands-on things if I can, you know, certainly, certainly know my way around a PowerPoint um, slide deck. But I also like to bring in actual foods or food labels or encourage people to bring things in and have them ask questions. You know, there's nothing nothing more interesting than having some world real-world experiences. So I really enjoy... Um, speaking to groups and um, something else that I enjoy doing that is on the volunteer side. I like mentoring young people. Um, uh, a number of years ago, I was a member of the Academy's membership. Uh, I forget what the title was and it's got a new name now, but basically the membership committee. And we were told each, each um, at the national level, when you're on a committee, it's generally, but not always, but generally a three-year appointment. And so at the beginning of my first year, we were told that we this new e-mentoring program was being established and that we were um, all expected to join. So I did, you know, I created my profile and, um, you know, filled out all the, all the boxes and started mentoring, uh, young, young people. And so some of these people have been, now so far they've all been women. I would love to mentor some young men, but it hasn't happened yet. So I've <laughs> talked with, um, I've talked with students and they have to be members of the academy. And if somebody reaches out to me, oftentimes this happens, somebody will find me online and, you know, maybe they're an undergraduate, you know, college student and I'll say, they want me to mentor them and I'll say, well, are you a member of the academy? And if they say no, I will say, well, um, I will mentor you, but it's only through the Academy's e-mentoring program, which means you have to join. So that's, I'm doing my little part in um, bringing in members. So I work, I have worked with undergraduate students. I've worked with graduate students. I've worked with interns. I've worked with new professionals and I've worked with midlife professionals. Um, last year at Fency, uh, I was, the, well, I was honored with one of these eight medallions that was presented during the member showcase. It's a, the medallion award is a, a big deal. And, um, there, on Tuesday afternoon, then there was a, um, a session called On the Shoulders of Giants. And the, um, there were three other speakers on this panel and, Plus me, so I was the one medallion winner who was selected for this. And during the introduction, I learned that I was the top e mentor in the academy, meaning I had the most number of mentees. And then, oh, about I don't know, in the spring of this year, I reached out to the academy's um, the, the the liaison with the e mentoring program and asked him if I was still the number one mentor. And he told me yes. Now they are transition. Yeah, I know. So That's no wonder I've been busy. Yeah. yeah, thank you. No wonder I've been busy. And and uh, actually, so uh, uh, so th they are transitioning to another similar, but um, uh, they're they're, change they're changing up the program a little bit. It's got a new a new name, and it's going to be organized somewhat differently. And I had to. Uh, reestablished myself. I had to put some things in and somehow a couple of months ago, I think it was earlier this summer, my, uh, 
profile, like my bio disappeared and I don't know what happened to it. So I just kind of plugged something in that I had found on my computer. So I need to go in in there and, and fine tune it. <laughs> but I really, yeah, but I really, really enjoy um, working with young people to help them achieve an internship or to help them during their internship year or to help them after they're out of school and help them with their entrepreneurial um, uh, career. Uh, and sometimes people will work with somebody and then, you know, for a few weeks, you know, he, she might have something particular she needs help with. And then I hear from her again a year later and then a year or two later, I'll hear from her. And, you know, inevitably he's like, I don't know if you remember me, but it's like, of course I remember you. Yes, you know, I remember pretty much everybody, but sure. I, I've, I've had some, I've had some real wins, real, real big wins with, and, and what I do is I give people advice. Uh, I also give them a boost of confidence that they can do it, you know, and every one of us is unique. Um, and I actually, about two weeks ago, got a wonderful email from a young woman who I had been working with for years. She coincidentally um, lives in my community and actually she did not find me on the uh, Academy website, I was, I, I, I like to tell people we were fixed up by a mutual friend. So long story, but so um, she is, uh, she was a student at an Illinois state college, one of the, one of our um, state, state colleges or universities. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, helping her with uh, a variety of um, just you know, her, her classes and the application process for the internship and just giving her all sorts of advice. And um, she did not get into the internship the first time. And I was devastated. And she, of course, was even more devastated. And then it came out later that she, there was, I think there was one negative grade, like her, and, and the issue was that her, her, overall her grades were decent, but they weren't outstanding. And, you know, of course in our field, they have to be outstanding, but I know her and she's, she's very clever. She's very, um, she's a, a, a go-getter. She's, she, um, uh, just, she's going to be a wonderful dietitian someday, but she didn't get the internship with that. Oh no. And then I, I texted her a few months ago and just, you know, like, how's it going? And I didn't hear back from her, so I don't know why. So she emailed me, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, and she said, in, in essence, I got an internship. I am so happy. And then, you know, a paragraph or two about how much I helped her and how she couldn't have done it without me. And so Aww, that, that so was... Rewarding. Excuse me? That's so rewarding. Yes. I, you know, well, the main thing, I was just so relieved because I think about her and I was just worried, like, if she doesn't get the internship, then what, you know? Yeah. But, I, you know, that the, the most important thing is I was just thrilled that she she's in, you know, because once you get that internship, you know, you're off to the races. You're, you're good. That's very true. Oh, that's, I think that's wonderful. I think that, again, the world revolves around dietitians. <laughs> You have to be a mentor. You have to put, you have to do your part in helping uh, the future of our profession. Absolutely. You know, and I, I have more working years in the rearview mirror than I do in the, 
in the windshield, you know, looking forward. And therefore, I've learned a lot. I have a lot of experience. I have a lot of wisdom. I have, uh, I have um, advice. And so, uh, you know, it's it is it's an honor and a pleasure to be in a position to be there for other people. And you know, none of us have done this on our own. You know, we've all, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, we all, we all have people who have helped us along the way in small ways, in big ways. And it's important, I believe, to pay it forward the best you can. Yeah. Which is what you're doing with this podcast. I I hope so. I hope it's, I hope it's a good resource. In a, in a small way, I can help and have people reach out and connect in different ways, even if it's over the airways. You never know there's yes. that connection in person someday, too. Right. Yeah. Well, I have to I do have to ask, since I was stalking your webpage, you've had lots <laughs> of media experience, which I very much think is so important for us professionals. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite media experience just me <laughs> I think about the ones that I've had and I haven't had as many as you but I've had some goofy uh-huh. ones that I thought were fun and then I've had yeah. some serious ones that were not as fun what has mm-hmm. been your favorite experience in media boy that's a that's a tough question <laughs> um well I don't know if I if I don't I don't know if I have any favorites but I'm going to tell you some some highlights that I will never forget. So one time I was actually in Minneapolis, St. Paul doing an interview uh, for Target. And I was a spokesperson for Target. And um, I was told not to use my hands when I talk on camera, to hold on to the table. Now, Now, Christine... Christine does not talk without her hands because again, I, now I'm only a half Italian, but I'll tell you it's the dominant half. So if I, I mean, if I'm at a cocktail party or if I'm at any social event with, and I'm talking to people, if I'm holding a glass of wine or whatever in one hand and I've got food in the other hand or my purse, I've got to put them down if I have something important to say. Because I need my hands. <laughs> so that's one thing. Um, I told you about how I um, spoke with Dr. Uh, Robert Atkins yeah. you know, about his, his diet. And uh, I was, again, I was young. I was 29. And uh, I disagreed with a point that he was making. And I, you know, I said so. I disagreed. And he shoved me in the shoulder hard. Really? And, and I did not know what to do. And I just ignored him and I just kept on talking as if nothing had happened. But in retrospect, I should have uh, stopped what I was saying, looked at him pointedly and asked him, Dr. Atkins, why did you just shove me or hit me in the shoulder? And then the third career media highlight, of course, was... About 22 years ago, when I was privileged to be a guest on the Oprah Winfrey show, I did. So that's amazing. And um, I was a nervous wreck. I had um, I had 48 hours notice on this. I Mm -hmm. did not expect it to happen. 
the producers kept calling me and asking me questions and wanting me to fax the materials and this and that until like 9.30 the night before. And I finally quit answering the phone. I said, I have got to get to sleep, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, so and then, <laughs> yeah, and, and then, yeah. And, and the next day, thank goodness they sent a limo to take me to the studios, the, um, what do you call it? The, you know, the Oprah studios, whatever yeah. they're called. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was one of those, uh, days, Late in winter, where we had here in Chicago, we called a wintry mix. It's a combination of rain and sleet and snow. Thank goodness the limo drove me there because I never would have gotten there in one piece. I know I would have banged no. my side view mirror coming out of the garage. And, you know, so I get there. I had a camera with me. They confiscated the camera. Um, we're in the um, in the room, you know, they did my hair, they did my makeup. I'm in the green room. Uh, I'm, I'm eating bananas. I'm eating, like, I'm like dying. I'm just dying. And the, the topic, the topic was hydration. And, uh, uh, you know, and it was an area, something that I had done some work on and, and, uh, immediately, uh, suddenly they called me, and said, okay, this, it was, um, it was not live. It was quote taped live. So they had three segments that they were uh, taping that morning. And the segment before me was boring. So they decided to uh, cut it short and then have me come down. So they're, they're in the studio audience was my family, my mother, my two sisters and my sister-in-law. And, um, so I'm walking down this hallway with all these pictures uh, along the hallway and I am praying as hard as I could for a trap door to appear <laughs> and that so that it would I would fall down the trap door <laughs> and I would not have to go through with what I was about to go through. Um, I had the same sensation on my wedding day and we've been married for yeah 40 years. Um, anyway, so and I, you know, uh, and I had been warned by someone who had been on Oprah a year or two beforehand that you do not speak with Oprah ahead of time. The first time you meet her is, you know, when you're up on stage. So I walk in and, and I, again, I did not know if I was going to be in the audience because sometimes she had people, yet she was interviewing that were, you know, in the front row of the audience. But no, I was on the stage just with her and I had been told that um, by the producers that the first question was going to be about the functions of water. What are the first, what are the functions of water? And so, and I had some notes um, that I had with me. And um, so I, I had all this stuff in my head, but I knew I didn't have to worry about um, the functions of water because they, they told me that it would be on the teleprompter, that I would be looking at the camera, oh. I'd be looking at, Oprah, but really looking at the camera and the question and the answer would be on the teleprompter. So we, we get the sound check done. We sit down. I, I'm introduced and Oprah opens the interview with what are the functions of water. I look at the teleprompter and it's blank. No. And and my mind went blank. I Not only did I not know the functions of water. But I didn't, I had nothing to say at that point. I couldn't think of a word to say. I was, I was like, oh my God. And I'm thinking to myself, Christine, you blew it. You will never, not only will you never be on television again, you'll never work again. 
And so she had it on her side. So she read them off and then she asked another question and uh, and then we were fine. You know, we were fine. We went to commercial break. I leaned over and I, I apologized. I said, oh, Oprah, I am so sorry. But, you know, the producer promised me and it wasn't there. And then, of course, everyone knew the functions of water in the body because the audience had it on. It was on the slide on the screen behind us, unbeknownst to me. So the only person in that in that studio who did not know the function of water was Christine. So, so the rest of the interview went fine. It went great. In fact, went great. And we laughed and, you know, everything was good. So then it aired three weeks later and I was watching it in my family room. My brother came over, my mother, I don't know, maybe one of my sisters. And because it was edited um, and well, it, they edited it so seamlessly that even we who knew what had happened um, and were there, we could not tell. It was just, wow. it just, it was fine. So, oh, so those are the three um, interesting things that happened to me. Interesting. That's well, you know what though? It's, it's, they're all different learning experiences too. So I think with, <laughs> would you say, which you I'm sure can attest to with media, you never know what's going to happen. So you kind of just is, be, ready to rock. <laughs> yes, I, I would absolutely agree with that. And, you know, you with you doing media interviews yourself, you know, you, you say that with, as a woman with experience, but yeah, you just, and I think, I think if you want to go into broadcast media, radio, television, um, even, well, just other, other types of things, you have to uh, be, be nimble. You have to be willing to make um, judgment calls very quickly. You have to think on your feet, but, you know, not to be afraid because, you know, um, the people who are doing the interviewing, they went into journal journalism generally because they did not want to, they did not want to major in a science. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, we are the experts and we know way more than they do. Absolutely. I like that you need to be nimble. That's like the best way to describe it. You yeah. Need to be nimble. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yep. Huh. Interesting. Well, those are, and I, I feel, do you do, do you experience a lot of media anymore or are you kind of more focusing on going to doing corporate wellness and doing more presentation? I, I don't do a lot of television, although uh, just this this summer and early fall, I have some opportunities um, that I'm going to be uh, collaborating with a couple of groups through Northern Illinois University. Um, so I am going to be doing some media spokesperson work coming up. Um, and yeah, and um, I do, I still do a lot of print and online interviews. So mm -hmm. that was, um, and I enjoy doing that. And it, it, I'll tell you though, it's a lot of work. It's just a lot of work. And nowadays, it's not just doing the interview. Then once it posts or publishes, then there's the social media aspect afterwards. You know, I wind up posting it on my social media channels. And actually, um, on my website, there's uh, a link to and some pictures of an interview I did with Naperville Magazine for the August issue. It was the back to school issue and somebody, the editor in chief 
reached out to me to be um, the expert in the expert advice page. So photographer came to the house and um, spent the morning, <laughs> took some pictures, and I had all the sorts of food provided with the new bento box that I had bought. And then oh. prior to that, yeah, prior to that, I did an extensive online interview with a writer. So um, it, it wound up uh, being two pages of um, uh, packing school lunch tips uh, that, you know, so, yeah. So you are still, um, you're still, you're still doing lots of different things. Oh, yeah. 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 Again, just evolving and (laughs) online, the online spaces is a huge place too. So it is, it is. Yes. And you're being nimble with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. Let's, let's put it this way. You know, I still, I have many projects that need to be done in my house that I just have not had a chance to do because, you know, I'm being kept busy by a variety of things. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And you have grandbabies that you need to hang out with. So I do. I do. I have, uh, yes, um, five grandchildren in the area, uh, three six-year-olds, a f- just turned four-year-old as of yesterday, and a Aww. one-year-old. And um, I am asked to help out uh, on a regular basis. And I try very hard to, to say yes, because I remember what it was like when my children were young and it's just, it's just hard when you don't have, um, you know, there's nothing like a, a mother or grandmother to help out because you trust them. <laughs> right. Right. And you needed and, that and pr- in that parenting stage. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The picture on your um, website of your, all the kids is beautiful. Uh, yes. You thank you. So and I have, actually, thank you. And I have, a, I have a new one. We just, we oh, just took a new picture on, on uh, Sunday. I have a new picture um, that I think I'm going to post uh, just, um, yeah, so uh, slightly updated, but yeah, thank you. They change so fast. Well, and I'm going to link your website right. to the show notes. So I hope fantastic. Yes, I hope people um, connect with you just because of your expertise and all the things that you've done and are doing. And and thank I you. I have one last question for you because I think I I yes. have a few people that ask me this as well. But do you entertain or use a PR company or is this mostly very organic for you with the connections that you make for all of your opportunities? Yeah, it's the latter. No, I, I have never, um, I'm too frugal, <laughs> um, uh, AKA cheap. No, um, no. no, you know what, as, as I said earlier, you know, my best, um, uh, public relations is showing up. Um, so showing up means in person, but it also means having an online presence. Um, and um, although, you know, uh, hiring a PR firm, if, you, if, if, if it's in your budget and it will help you achieve your goals, it's certainly worth considering. Um, I have never done it, but there are dietitians who have done it and are, you, are doing that now. And um, that may, you know, may be a good, uh, good plan for them. So, so don't rule it out, but know that you can yeah. do it without one too. That is correct. Yeah. Very good. Well, that's always good to know from an expert as yourself. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I have a few other questions to ask you as we end our conversation, but I hope, I hope to meet you someday in person. I think that would be lovely. I was just in Chicago this past weekend. So next time I head your direction, 
I will definitely oh. have to connect with you yeah. and maybe you can meet at some point. Yeah, so. or or at the Food and Nutrition Conference. Yes, yes, I will be there. Um, in uh, in October, it is October. It's October third, so it's October. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forgetting what month it is. So yeah, maybe we could definitely meet up somewhere along the way as well. Yeah, that'd be lovely. All yeah. right, so share with me some foods that you enjoy. Uh-huh. You know, this is going to sound crazy coming from a dietitian, but uh, one of my very favorite foods is really good pizza. Um, sometimes I make my own. Sometimes I buy it, but I love pizza. I love salad. <laughs> um, I love red wine. <laughs> uh, so if, if I needed if I needed a last supper, that could be one of my last suppers. Is some really good good um, thin crust pizza or Lou Malnati's from Chicago thick you know thick crust pizza yeah. pan pizza uh, with some you know just good homemade salad. Uh, I like butter pecan ice cream. Mm. Um, I love a good crisp tart apple at this time of the year. When June comes around, I buy bags and bags full of Bing cherries and I gorge on those. You and I, can we get together and eat those like all day? (laughs) My favorite. Um, Yeah. You know, I like nuts. I love, I love, you know, like mixed nuts or peanuts. Gosh, um, I, I like whole wheat bread. Mm. Um, I love just good bread. Uh, gosh, I could just keep going. I like oatmeal. Um, I, I, oh gosh, I, I like homemade Chex Mix. Oh, I mean, yes. <laughs> like how much time? It's got to be the homemade kind. Yeah, it's got to be the homemade the, kind. No pre-made purchase stuff. Have no, it's not. It's not the same. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> my my son-in-law has a birthday right around Thanksgiving, and so I'll I'll, uh, I'll if I'm if I'm hosting or if I'm bringing, I'll I'll bring some Chex Mix oh. and he and and I'll. I'll sneak him like a separate bag for him, you know, like for his birthday. So every time I see him, he thinks I'm making some homemade Chex mix for him. And I, I always like um, either double or triple the nuts. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, oh, yeah. And another thing I like, well, and something that I love to cook and I love to eat is my, I, I make homemade soup mm. and I'm really good at soup. I don't like following recipes. I just kind of throw stuff in and I have a whole soup repertoire. And so I am like chomping at the bit right now with the, um, the cool weather yeah. that is um, in the forecast. But I make a Greek of Galemino soup. I make chicken noodle soup. I make split pea. I make lentil soup. I mm. make like a Turkish lentil soup. I make, oh, there's a whole bunch of them, but um, love soup. It is. This is your time of year for sure. Chex mix, apples, right. soup, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but no being ch- oh pomegranates. I'm, I'm a oh, big pomegranate fan, yes. fan too. And that's coming up too. That time of year is coming up as yep, well. Yep. Yep. Well, my next question was your favorite beverage. You said red wine. Was there anything yeah, you else? Know, uh, I like cold water. Um, I like, I like, uh, sparkling water, uh, in a glass. I don't like it in a can. I like it in a glass. I just discovered, um, yeah, I mentioned red wine, um, beverages, beverages, you know, those are probably my top beverages in terms of Mm -hmm. enjoyment. Yeah. I mean, and I'm a, a lifelong, dairy milk drinker skim or, or the low fat and um i drink milk with every lunch and every dinner almost always i love milk yes i'm with you on the milk as well and i i do think there is something about sparkling water in a glass 
I don't love it in the can <laughs> either. I like yeah. to have it in like an actual glass and drink a yeah, couple of glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it just seems fancier. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> do you, what colors do you enjoy? Well, if you look in my closet, you will see colors as opposed to black <laughs> or dark or grays. I, 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 um, I'm drawn to pinks and blues. Um, so, you know, in terms of colors, like not pale pinks or pale blues, but more uh, like a, a cranberry or raspberry colors and periwinkle blue. And um, uh, yeah, I just in about three years ago, we re- redecorated um, a couple of, well, redecorated the whole house pretty much. And I've got um, a gray sofa, very like a light gray sofa and two uh, reclining, uh, upholstered reclining chairs. And they're in a, uh, almost a, uh, like a very, very deep, deep, deep magenta, or um, like a, almost like a pomegranate color, like mm. a dark, dark pink, yes. very bright, very Great. bright with some blue scattered around. And so it's color. I like color. You're vibrant. Just like your personality. It's only fit. <laughs> I love it. Um, what kind of scents or smells do you enjoy? Oh, here comes autumn. I love, you know, the, the quote, pumpkin spice yes. scent, uh, you know, and then cinnamon, um, I like mint. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really spray anything in my house, but, um, I, I think I like those. When you're yeah, cooking, the false. When you're cooking and eating those, yeah. those scents that they have. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And finally, Christine, what brings you joy mm. in life? You know, lots of things, playing with my grandchildren. Um, I love exercising outside. I call it um, Mother Nature's gym or God's gym. Mm-hmm. I like to do a, you know, a fast walk or a jog or a run around my neighborhood. It's about two and a half to three miles. I do that as, you know, I aim for every day. It doesn't happen every day, but I do it year round. Um, that brings me great joy. Uh, and I am very active in my church. I am Roman Catholic and I am a lector at my church and I give out, um, Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, I work with children in grades three through eight in a child lector ministry oh, um, where I, I, um, train young children to, uh, proclaim the scripture readings in our in our church and they get to do it about once a month and this ministry has been in existence we're in our 25th year now and i've been with this ministry for all 25 of its years and i've pretty much grown it so it gives me a lot of joy when i have uh, worked with um, a child and we have, you know, girls and boys. Actually, right now we're pretty heavy on boys. I'm looking for more girls to <laughs> recruit right now because at our training sessions, it gets a little, little rowdy with all the boys. <laughs> but, um, but when I'm, I'm working with, with someone for some time and they get up there and, you know, they're dressed up in a suit mm-hmm. or in a, you know, nice, nice uh, dress outfit of some sort and, uh, everybody's eyes are in them and, and, um, you know, they, they do very well that, brings me great joy as well because not only I mean so they're they're learning um you know their faith is strengthened uh they're learning some interesting and uh difficult vocab words uh, but it's giving them public speaking 
experiences. Our church holds a thousand people, and although the pews are not that full anymore, but still plenty of people in the pews, and um, they're they're learning how to um, get up and, and use a microphone and and uh, connect with people. So those are three things that come to mind. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with me, and thank you for Aww. sharing all of your experience and your your journey so far. And I'm glad that we we connected. I am too, Anne. I enjoyed this conversation so very much. I think Christine and I could have talked forever. She is such a great dietitian. I think we all really should get to know, reach out to and and talk to and tap into her resources. I thought of a few questions after our podcast, after our conversation. Hopefully I can someday ask her in person. But if you're looking for some advice or guidance into breaking into media or corporate wellness, reach out to Christine. I think she would be a a fantastic resource. I also would love to know any secrets she has to mentoring others on public speaking. I think that's an area we could all use some extra guidance in. If you'd like to connect with Christine, head on over to my show notes and you can find the link to her website, christinepalumbo.com. My website, annelizabethrd.com, is where you can read my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as well as all my previous podcast show notes and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great nutrition experts. My book is also available for purchase on my website, and I hope we can connect more on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.